Yeah, I need to. I'll I'll do the intro. <sighs> you know, tell me. So, one podcast I listen to doesn't yeah. do an intro. He's just like, all right, let's get into it. And it's so refreshing because everyone hates their intro. Everyone agonizes over their intro. Like, this is this show about when I tell the show. You know, everyone kind of yeah, that's how doesn't feel. like it. This is the um, show about how I tell and the then show. People, some people do closers, too, where they're like, and I hope this show has brought you peace and joy. You know, and like, they don't, you can tell they don't want to do it. They just want to like hit the stop button. Right. And they're I like, think oh, it's, God. It's like, say, hanging up. I'm really bad at leaving voice messages. I always just go until the lady <laughs> gives me a choice of like, do you want to, do you want to send your message as is? Or do you want to delete right, it, re record? Right. And I'm just like, yeah, just send it. I mean, I guess part of that is just doing any, like, putting the bow on any, like, creative project and be like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. But this thing. is showing up messy and it's not about being yeah, done. Maybe you should show up messy and quick and start. This is yeah. We've already started. Yeah, I know. we're in it. But anyway, so that's that's my my thought about the the intro because I always hear I heard you saying like oh, I'm just gonna do a different intro each time and it never really feels good. And, Thank you. you know, I heard yeah, you it say doesn't that. feel good. But and I mean, it it feels okay. We're not like as listeners, we're not like oh geez, like yeah, changing it up every time. We're just kind of like all right, let's let's. That's fine. Let's get to it. Don't worry about it. You know, but it's kind of like you're already here. You're already like I don't listening. have to convince yeah. you to stay. That's true. That's true. If you're listening, it's because you want to be listening, mm-hmm. and you you can decide if you if it's if you're like I'm lost. Why am I listening to this podcast? Like I don't know. Read the description. You there's there's tools. You have tools of like whatever the other, whatever reason got you to this place. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So before we started rolling. We were talking about. Well, first, like I need to mention that it's my birthday. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> and we're doing this podcast recording. Uh, I'm taking out my earbuds. Okay. Wow. Oh, God. See, we're already getting into territory of things I would delete from the right, recording. Right. But it's great. I actually like having a little monitor. This is nice. Like, yeah. It's yeah. kind of soothing to hear my own voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, no, you're not having this. And no, but you're you're like you're hardwired and there's no delay, right? Yeah. I don't like it when there's like an echo delay. All right. Anyway, so oh, okay, okay. I think that your we we had talked about like doing kind of a year in review. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think w- it's cool. I think it's cool too. Um, I love to. I'm obsessed with like reflecting on my life and l- what the things that I'm learning from it. You know, like every moment is something you can just dive into and learn more things from. It's funny because I was recently talking to a friend about an assignment her therapist gave her, which to go to Barnes and Noble and just see what piques her curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, I want to use that with my clients and with myself. I was like, that is always nice to just see where your interest takes yeah. you. And it's so funny because every time my my soul is just magnetized to like, awaken more deeply into the <laughs> present. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, of course, like this is just a secular loop. Like I'm just into this stuff. Am I? Right, right. And it's like, am I obsessed with myself? And it's like, no, I'm obsessed with all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I've had that same, you know, like when you're just drawn to a particular section, but different times in my life have been like different sections, you know, like mm-hmm. history section or something. It's just like, oh, let's get into this Peloponnesian War stuff, you know? And it's like, see, that's right okay, now. That seems I would like not an be. interest to me. Like, oh, here's what here's what I was uh, thinking about. How like it's so funny because like my interests for me don't seem like interests. I'm like, of course, this is just what I think about all the time. But when I look at other people, right. 
be drawn to certain subjects, I always feel like they're, I don't know, like appreciating something different about the world, which is true. It's what they, like everyone has Mm -hmm. something else that lights them up inside. But the way that I interpret things oftentimes, if I'm not conscious of it, it's just like, oh, I'm doing things wrong. I'm not looking at, I'm not seeing beauty in the world correctly. And you know, just because I don't have a birding practice or I'm not like super interested in like medieval architecture, which actually I might be, but like not from a history perspective. I just would like to look at it probably. But I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I always find that like my interests are very existential and like, uh, you know, and, and, and that was a thing that I would judge a lot, but I'm coming into just to, just to sc- rocket us into our year in review. I'm coming into more acceptance around that. It's interesting that you see other things that you're like, those are all potentially interesting things. What's wrong with me that I'm not interested in them? Right. Like you walk into a bookstore and you see, you know, a, a certain section that just seems str- like to me, it'd be like, oh, like I'm in- interested in that, interested in that, eh, skipping that, skipping that, skipping that, you know, but I wouldn't be like, why am I not interested in like natural medicine or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's It's like... I think you're seeing something and saying like, oh, interested in this, not interested in this. Why am I not interested in that? Like already going like introspective. Totally. By bypassing the history <laughs> section. Why am I bypassing the history section? It's interesting. Yeah, it is. But um, I want to get to your, your list here. Okay, let's get to I my list. You- okay, so here's what happened. I woke up. No, I didn't wake up. Philip called me yesterday and said, happy birthday. And I said, thank you. It's a day early. And then we talked and then he was also like you haven't released a podcast episode in a few weeks <laughs> like that is actually that's very true thank you <laughs> i appreciate the accountability and i was like yeah i would love to release one on my birthday for my birthday um and do kind of a yeah this year in review um and then we talked about how it'd be so fun to do it together and i like this so much more because i get to talk about myself and not feel bad about it because <laughs> I'm talking to a person even though I always am when I do a podcast okay you get it um, but oh yeah so what happened and then I stayed up too late and I was like oh god what do we talk about and then this morning I woke up and typed a big list of all the things I've learned this year with my eyes closed and I sent it to Philip and the one that um, let's see there were two like let's talk about what we can argue about oh cool Um, let's talk about what that's fun that's that's what i need practice in it's like standing this is what i need practice in is like standing up for myself yes yeah okay so number 10 yeah my presence is enough um are you gonna say my presence isn't enough i don't know if i can handle this (laughs) (laughs) i'm i guess i'm i feel like um in some ways, if if you if you go about that way, sometimes it it could mean that you're not like fighting to actualize your potential necessarily. Like if you, um, like when you said, uh, okay, like for example, today I was late yes. to this, and like I think that the guilt of being like late in a situation like this, like I'm typically not late to like if this was some stupid real estate appointment around the corner i probably wouldn't have been late you know and the fact that i am not like the fact that i was late for this which is something i actually value more is Mm. warped to me and is Mm. like i need to like i need to prioritize things correctly and it's like you know it's Mm kind of crazy to me and so i 
like on the train, I was just kind of like, God, God damn it. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, I was just kind of mad about it, mm. but more mad to myself. But I think that that, that anger serves a purpose. And if I was like, well, you know, like coming in here, like I can certainly wipe the slate clean and like kind of start out and not like ca- try to not carrying all that anger mm-hmm. with me. But at the same time, I think that it did serve a purpose because I, next time we do this, like it doesn't show respect to you. The fact that it, like, I think it's important in some ways, if I came in here with an attitude of like, my presence is enough, like, you know, you every there's a purpose behind everything. Like, I'm sure there was a reason that I was late. It gave you more time to prepare. It's kind of cutting myself too much slack. Mm. Well, it's misinterpreting what I was saying because... Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Which we, I didn't actually get a chance to say what my thing was. We launched right into your counterpoint. We did, we did, we did. But I <laughs> appreciate that. But um, it, that's so interesting because it's it's actually more so the state of your nervous system throughout that entire process. Mm-hmm. So, um, being present with yourself is actually a huge part of what presence is. So you're actually describing a process of being, just being present with the feelings that are coming up in you. And there is a bit of like a splinter in your personality where you're like, oh, this, my actions are incongruous with my values. I value this time Mm. with Katie and my, and I was, you know, 15 minutes late or whatever. And that's not... Yeah, just noticing that incongruence, the 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 idea that your presence is enough doesn't mean that you need to like brush that under the rug and like, oh, it must not matter. Because yeah, you're right that that like that kind of vibration under the surface for you of like this doesn't feel right, this isn't okay. Um, can is is a really good indicator of like oh this is a way that I can live more in line with my values and um but that being said feeling guilty and feeling angry and when I say those two things like I mean that you know continued like that kind of perseverative oh I feel so bad if you brought that energy into our conversation right now Mm -hmm. it actually wouldn't serve us at all and really like you know, your presence is enough. And I, we were talked about how like, you're like, I don't deserve this cup of coffee you just got from me. It's like, of course you do. You don't need to, you could, you couldn't possibly do anything to deserve or not deserve it. Right. And so, and at least like in terms of what I like, like the way that I like to give and interact with other people, it's usually, um, not expecting anything in return. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, here's a reward for showing up on time. Right. 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 Yeah. No, I, 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 I pick up on that so prior to this year since this was kind of a a this year lesson like when you felt like your presence wasn't enough and how i guess how useful it's been to know that it is enough Mm. this year like uh, tell me more about the the lesson learned yeah so this was a big one that i thought of going into my trip i just spent the last year traveling um being intentionally homeless there was, oh my gosh, there's a great David Sedaris quote that I don't have exactly. It's from Me Talk Pretty one day. Um, but it's about, he talks about traveling abroad and he was like, there is an inherent helplessness that would come from the experience of traveling <laughs> and and great lessons to be learned from that helplessness or whatever, it, yeah, something like that. And that's kind of what I did without realizing what I was doing. Um, I was very uncomfortable with, the idea of 
like staying with people around like because basically the way that I traveled was like I would oftentimes stay with friends I would stay with I'd like volunteer in exchange for room and board there were a lot of situations where it was like my presence is really the what I'm offering here I don't have a job I don't have a particular role or like a service that I'm providing in, in explicitly at least as part of some agreement like it was um learning how to exist in the world without transactions being a major part of my um you know yeah so like instead of having like financial transactions where it's like I will pay rent to live in this place mm-hmm. it was kind of like I will be myself in your space and we will figure out between the two of us what energetically feels like comfortable for us so and yeah did was, you have an idea of like of how long you like timelines when you were staying with people or was it like I will I really did for the most part like at the beginning of my travels I kind of knew generally where I would be going afterwards and it was the way that I like to do boundaries is set them <laughs> be like here's you know like here's a like after a week let's reevaluate or after a few days like let's reevaluate. But like at the beginning of my trip, I still was having, I would have like my next leg of the trip planned. So for instance, I went to Israel to visit my friend Leslie and we had an amazing time and I felt like I could have lived in Israel for a month. And it was like, and just energetically, it felt very comfortable being with her. But like, this is a really good friend of mine, but we hadn't spent sustained time together for years. So I really just didn't know I did actually kind of know because we'd, we'd done a lot of traveling together. So um, I knew we had really good communication between the two of us. And so I wasn't worried from that standpoint, but I also was like aware of not overstaying my welcome. Mm-hmm. But just that's just one example of being in a place where I was like, oh, I could have stayed here much longer. There was like more to explore here. Um, and so then I started doing fewer um yeah, I don't. I started having more open-ended plans mm-hmm. moving forward. I don't know if that answers the question of like that lesson, but but I guess my nervous system relaxes a lot more when I'm around people. Like I I used to have a very, um, I kind of would run on panic and feeling like I'm not good enough, which is actually what America like wants you to feel. Like that's how most advertising is driven. It's just like you feel like you're not good enough until you have this thing that you will feel better once you have this thing you know and so it's the same thing with in like social interactions where it's like I'm not good enough until I prove myself in some way with my behavior or my I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes sense yeah I want to talk about advertising now okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well I guess my question for you is um, a lot of those ads were done like kind of like post World War II I think Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of what I'm thinking of like Pepsodent, you'll wonder where the yellow went, you know, like the, the toothpaste. Right, and, well, that's know, literally the formula. No, yeah, like yeah. create the problem and then sell to the problem. Right, 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 right. Or like people who, like deodorant was something that people didn't wear, you know. But um, do you think that prior to that, people were, like I'm thinking about like world, prior to like World War One, right? Let's say like. We're talking about history and that's not one of my subjects. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, all right. Like eight, eight, no, I'm just kidding. Like I can 1890s, hear you. right? Were yeah, people well, walking around like, I am enough. Everything's good. I'm talking, you know, like this exists on our planet today. It's just in America. Like other, in other countries, there's a palpable difference in the 
quality of energy like the thoughts that people have when they walk around are just very different when you're in like Bali or Thailand for instance like people there's a relaxed energy around Mm. you because no one is even concerned about not being enough right it's like it wouldn't even occur to them that they are not enough just as they are right like there there's so much acceptance around um you know, the whole concept of self-love is really only something that exists because we culturally hate ourselves. Like Mm. we're bred to hate ourselves. And so it's like, it's not that people in other countries don't love themselves or like they're not big on self-love. It's just, they don't need that as a lesson because the, that polarity isn't heightened in that. Right. But I will say yeah, like the the other part or the thing I wanted to mention about advertising. I mean, yeah, well, it's it's about advertising, but yeah. every all, major industries and a big one that I'm very passionate about is like the diet industry uh-huh. is like it wouldn't exist if it were effective, first of all, because yes. it's like literally <laughs> creating. And so many of our systems here are like that, like the pharmaceutical industry, the, you know, the medical industry. It's like they all feed into each other to create and solve problems that didn't used to exist before this cycle existed. So before this, these solutions, you know, the problems existed, but like... Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, I think that's... Yeah. Yes, but in a lot of cases, I mean, I think there's... I mean, that's a sticky wicket, you know? Oh, there's it's a, a sticky wicket. There. We're really... I'm just throwing out these broad generalizations. Just a year in review. Just Katie's casual. Yeah. <laughs> these I mean, things are some, absolute like, truth. You know, I, but yeah, I... I I think there's, yeah, it's a very gray. I think there's a lot of um, good things that the <laughs> pass. Pass. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is pass. that's a pass. It's like a yeah, like that's a that's a very windy road. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of well intent. But okay, also there's a lot of like well intentioned people who are in those industries too. I will say. Do you mm, know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like this is just the system. I'm just like looking at systems in general, and how it just informs a whole culture of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Of like, you're broken, go get fixed. Yes. Yeah, whereas we're all, no one's broken. Yeah. Anything that feels broken is there to teach you something. Which brings us to another one. <laughs> We've done one of 15. We've done one of 15. But a lot of the, uh, you know, I I literally typed this list with my eyes closed. Which is impressive. And it, it it's it's pretty, there's very few fragments in there. Oh, I want to talk about lemons. Oh, lemons, okay. so fun. Okay. So you are saying that you... You need to talk into that microphone. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> I've been thinking about this quite a bit lately. So I was talking to... Um, well, first off, I should explain what... Um, well, I should... Num- maybe number three. Would okay. you want to talk about it a little bit? and then Yeah, maybe yes. I'll read what I wrote. Oh, stay in your lane. This is important. Keep your eyes on your own soul is is basically the lesson here. And I was talking to my friend Mike Kaplan, who we were we were talking about this, and he was like, "Pay attention to your own soul and other people's stomachs." So that's like a nice general rule. Like you don't need to fix other people's souls, and at the same time, you don't need to obsess about your own hunger levels. Like feed other people, feed yourself spiritually, basically. Um, but yeah, this idea that you know, I really, I feel like I'm a lemonade machine, really. Like I, I, when something bad happens to me, it's honestly usually delightful within five to 10 seconds. Uh, And and that's just, 
I'm grateful that that's one of my attributes. I don't know why I like, I'm like that. It's not me. And also it's not me trying to be happy. It's just what my natural response to life is. When I'm unhappy is often when I'm, um, just like in my head and obsessing about myself. But when something actually, like I fell down and like skinned my knee, you can see my wounds. I was just about to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, I skinned my knees and my, my hand the other day and it was like, Oh, okay. Well, what's going on? I don't know. It's kind of, it's just funny to me. (laughs) What is good about this or what, like, what is this here to teach me? I must be like, I need to slow down. Like this literally, I was, I was, 10 seconds later, I was just like, oh, I need to be more grounded. I was literally grounded (laughs) by the universe. I was thrust to the floor and scraped alongside it. I was like, all right, I guess I'm not going to go to that birthday party tonight. I'm going to stay home and do some writing. You know, it was like this interesting. Yeah. Um, But getting back to like the whole lemonade root vegetables <laughs> and eat root i'm gonna go home and this was a different night where i <laughs> ate too many sweet potatoes but we're not okay but basically getting into um oh this is funny actually because it's <laughs> yeah like some people don't want to be challenged or don't want to have this perspective and it's actually quite i know i've noticed it's threatening to other people like i will go home and my mom is so funny she's like we communicate so well now and I'm like so grateful for our relationship because we will go home and she'll just be like, Katie, I don't want to learn anything. I'm not trying to grow. I'm not into your self-help bullshit. Like I don't, I don't like that stuff. I just don't like it. So, and I was like, that is so nice. Thank you for telling me your boundaries. We don't need to go there. Um, and so I've just, yeah, I've learned to stay in my lane and that it's rude to make lemonade out of other people's lemons unless they explicitly give them to you for the purpose of making lemonade. But if you gave me some lemons, I'd be like, wow, look at that lemon. Well, I, but so I wanted to ask you about this because can't you make lemonade out of it for your own consumption, but you can't thrust their own lemonade upon them. So for example, if you learn something from your mom, yeah, then you could uh, make lemonade out of it, mm-hmm. but you just can't serve the lemonade back to her true okay yeah i guess learning something like and this is actually what often happens in our dynamic like i will what staying in my lane means means i'm responsible for my own feelings reactions responses emotions all of that Mm -hmm. and so yes i do actively make lemonade in her presence with whatever's coming up for me um, in our interactions. So sometimes we will have like tense moments and those are mm-hmm. really for me in order to honor myself and my values. Like I, I need to go deeper into what is happening and like, because I don't want to, um, react to her in a way that's not just unconditionally loving. And so if I have a reaction to her that is like coming from a wounded place and it's like me, snapping or you know just whatever it's very important to me that I unpack that and I don't always have to unpack it right in her presence but if I'm able to I do and I don't um, I don't demand anything of her or you know it's just like I need to I need to talk through this and and help you see where this hurt is coming from so that you know that it's not about you. You have not hurt me. You've never hurt me. You've done everything right. You know, and I really want to, it's so, it's really important to me. 
to mm-hmm. be able to communicate that. I've heard that from my parents before too, where they're, I'll say something and they'll be like, oh, well, we were, um, like I, you know, I'm doing Invisalign right now. And I told my mom that, you know, and she said, oh, you know, well, we were, I guess we were bad parents. Like we didn't get you, you know, braces when oh you were my a kid. God, my parents do that all the time And I was too. just like, no, yeah. you weren't. And like, I, it's funny cause she sort of says it in a joking way, but I can kind of tell there's some, you know, like there, there's some carried guilt that she has for that or for other, sometimes it's the funniest things, you know, that she does it for. And I'm just like, no, don't like no one, no one's born a parent, you know? And like, right. it's like, I think you did a great job. And also you kind of take what you get as far as being a, being a kid. I'm, I'm happy for, you know, the house I was, I was brought up in and, uh, it just makes you feel funny because when you see that someone else feeling guilty for something that you are like, you totally shouldn't feel guilty about that. Right. I'm sure that there's a lot of things that we do that, like we do the exact same thing for, and we just don't have a person next to us to tell us, you know, Hey, don't feel guilty about that. Just like, I'm like, don't feel guilty about being late. Right. Yeah. I totally, my presence, your presence is, is enough. enough. It really, <laughs> but it really is. And like I can feel your intentions also behind it. So it's, it's like, yeah, it's so interesting. Cause I, yeah. Um, I was going to say that too. Like it's my parents will be, sometimes they are kind of offended and don't understand the journey that I've had to um, like know myself more deeply and, you know, they're like, why are you doing all this self-help? You're always trying to fix yourself. Like, that's how they mm-hmm. see it. But it's like they see it that way because they see we did something wrong. Like, my mom will just be like, "Right." well, I guess we really screwed up. I know you, like, anytime that there's a, a heated conversation, it always goes back to, well, I guess we were terrible parents. And it's like, hmm, that is not what I mean. And I, like, you know, I, I really, but but, and I can feel it's so interesting because actually that wounding in her is the same as my own wounding of feeling always like I'm always wrong, right? Like I don't know what my, my interests aren't as good as the other interests. I haven't done a good enough job. And so I can really have compassion for that perspective. And it's like, it's not about me. It's like her own inner child needs to be held and seen, right? What I just thought of when you said that was you like, why are you always working on yourself? Yeah. Is like, let's say you walk past the same person's house every day and that guy's always working on his garden Mm -hmm. and you stop him and you say, Hey, why are you always working on your garden? It looks perfectly good. Just like it is. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, because he's working on it all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that the idea is like, yeah, you have to work on yourself and people do it in different ways. And some people like, should more i mean you know (laughs) you can't make them but i think that a lot of it's it's important and yeah yeah, and it becomes like a joy like it's like gardening it's like there's two different ways to garden right there's like oh god i gotta go mow the lawn i hate this stuff (laughs) but then there's like oh my gosh i love all these flowers and like you're into it you're like look at these look at this beautiful garden that i've i've sculpted and i continue to add to and prune and like really nourish and that's how I like to garden. And it's not, it's, it's having fun while I'm doing it. It's just like, there's, there's different ways. Not everybody gardens. People mm-hmm. 
yeah, do other things, but, but the weeds are going to grow. And so either you, <laughs> this is actually a really funny metaphor because like basically <laughs> if we're all a garden, you know, the, those weeds grow or those, um, things, you know, things need to be tended to eventually, mm -hmm. but sometimes, and I've been in this position many times before where I will let things fester and grow and the weeds are just everywhere. Like this is, this is probably how it felt to be like in the midst of an eating disorder. Right. And it just was like, Oh God, like I needed to hit this like huge rock bottom for myself to wake up out of it mm -hmm. and be like, I am hiring a landscaper. Yeah, I need help, you know, where it was like, I can't deny this anymore. Like I've known the whole time, yeah, the lawn needs to be tended to, but I've got important bills to pay and I'm working on the other parts of the house and I'm where I have a really important job and all of these things. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, meanwhile, yeah, this garden isn't going to tend itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a few different ways. Like, so actually there's, there's two different roads to awakening, right? You can either awaken consciously where you're like, okay, I'm going to choose. Like I can choose in this moment to feel guilty about being late or I can own my, I can own the fact that like my behavior is not lining up with my values mm -hmm. and say that in a way that communicates my intention and my, and then also take action to change that. So that's, that's evolving from a conscious perspective where you're aware, you know, you're like, I'm going to go garden today because I want to, because I, I'm going to find what I love in my garden and I'm going to nourish that and I'm going to find what doesn't belong there and I'm going to cut that out. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to beat myself. I don't need to beat myself up as the gardener. Everyone has a garden, right? It's not like you, it's your sole responsibility to like tend you are responsible for your garden, but everyone else is responsible for their gardens. Or you can choose to let it, let it fester, brush it under the rug, be like, well, my presence is enough, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll be, um, I'll just keep being late for things, but I'm enough. Right. Um, and then that's when that, that behavior will start to fester and it will probably cost you something that's really important to you down the line. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, and you can't necessarily, uh, if so, like say your neighbor's garden is like getting out of control, there's dandelions and like those weeds are spreading into yours and you're like, you're knocking on their door and you're saying, Hey neighbor, you know, you should really work on your garden a little bit. You should, you know, yeah. how often does that work? Oh God, never. Right. Like you can't stay in your lane, stay right. in your garden, stay in your garden. But that also means if their dandelions start coming over your fence, you can chop them right off. Like that's part of, you know, like if you throw... Boundaries. That's boundaries. <laughs> that is boundaries. <laughs> Keep your weeds in your own garden. And if they start coming into mine, I'm going to get the shears. And that's kind of like if you throw your lemons at me, I'm going to squeeze them. <laughs> I will make lemonade out right. of them. If you are throwing your lemons at me continuously, like I have to do something with them. Um, and so people don't normally, people just stop. If people don't are annoyed with my optimism and perspective, they just stop talking to me. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is fun. Another? Yeah. Yeah, another. Another more. <laughs> and how can we make the garden analogy <laughs> continue? <laughs> metaphor. 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 A, a metaphor, yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this is so funny that you're... I feel like I didn't fully explain all of them.
Oh. Number eight. Number eight. Great. Oh, people treat me exactly how I show them I deserve I'm worthy of being treated. That was not pithily written, but um, yes. Okay. So I, this goes, this is hand in hand with like every single person and experience that I encounter is a mirror for me. So the way people are treating me is actually a reflection of my internal state um, because however someone treats me is actually filtered through my own perspective of how they are treating me. Right. So I wasn't offended that you were late mm-hmm. um, because I know that you value our time. Like I just know inherently that you um, care about me and that you value our, our time and that, you know, I can just have compassion for, it's also like me being able to have compassion for myself. I was actually beating myself up for being, um, I was, I was nine minutes late right. too. We were both late, Philip. And like, you know, so maybe we both need to work on this thing, but we kind of just know it's. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think in this case, we, we've really workshopped this being late thing. But it's like, <laughs> but, what's, I, but I, it's it what's present. Point, it is a good. Because I was like, I was, I was kind of mad at myself over it, but, but I think that I, in equal measure to how I felt like I should have been, I guess. Yeah, no, like I, I think you I, getting mad at yourself probably isn't like a full blown, I'm not worthy style. It's really, no, no, yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of me. Cause I think in some ways, like you are both your, like, um, you're both the player and the coach and yeah. you have to be both sometimes. Yeah. And, like you have to be, totally because sometimes you have to like, I also, I have to negotiate with myself a lot, you know, when it's like, I'm, you know, I like, I get home and I want, I know I have like a few things I want to do before I go to bed and like but I don't actually want to do them right now you know and like so I have to kind of uh, you have to be your own inner parent yes yeah mm-hmm. and I think once I learned that that like the exactly what I'm feeling right now is not necessarily what I need to be doing right now uh, that I know that this isn't my growth list no it's we'll great. have to wait till September 15th for that yeah I know we got <laughs> nine months to cook yeah. okay <laughs> um but I think that um Anyway, literally nine months. No, I, I, that, uh, I totally agree with that. So that it's like your, um, Oh, so what I was saying is the punishment that I meted out for myself today was just kind of like, Hey, think about your priorities. What are you doing here? You know, like, yeah, you can like, you could have got there. Well, and I think that that's like the, but I'm, and I'm glad that we talked it out because it was this, it was able, to, we were able to clarify what the principle of you yes. are enough means. Cause it doesn't exactly mean let yourself get away with things. Right. It right. just means, um, that it doesn't have to do with your worthiness, which it, it wasn't having to do with your worthiness. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't feel, um, like it didn't put you in like a, an insecurity spiral that like mm-hmm. made you not be able to be present with me. Right. Um, so yeah, you tended that garden just right. <laughs> You yeah. cut that little weed. Yeah, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think that's 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 what it is. It was like I don't want to. I don't want this to. Um, just you got to watch it. You know, I don't. I don't want to be. Well, mm. Anyway, I, I I think we're we're on yeah. The so same but page. Yeah. but this one yeah. This back just this. back to this. Back to the the way people treat you. Yeah, and I this is this seems like really controversial, right? Oh, the time I got spat in the face. Okay, cool. This is fun. So like, <laughs> like essentially. You like my perspective will just like overlay whatever happens to me, but it also kind of like selects out certain experiences. Like I notice that when I'm in a higher vibrational state, which by that I just mean like feeling, 
um, just really connected and really connected to, to really aligned and like feeling true, authentic gratitude and, you know, feeling present in my life. Those things lead to, um, like being able to just, just hold more space for the experiences that I have. And at the same time, it kind of selects out getting caught up in, in like more negative interactions, Mm. I guess. Like I really feel very clear boundaries. Like if someone, if somebody comes up against my boundary, like somebody I was, I was barking for a comedy show the other night, which is so funny. I hadn't done that for over a year. Uh, but I was like, I'll, I'd like to do a spot. I'll, I'll uh, get some people in here and I'm very good at it. But also that opens up my energy to a lot of people that I don't necessarily want to sustain openness with. And so that was really interesting because this guy kept getting closer and I was like, I'm very, I'm uncomfortable with you getting so close to me. And he was, and he was surprised at how firm I became when he didn't move. Um, and it wasn't scary. It was just like, a. Like I, I didn't actually feel scared, but I was like, oh no, the fact that you keep getting closer to me is making me, um, when I told you to move away, it makes me uncomfortable. And, and you're like right there on McDougal. I'm right there on, yeah. On a a lot of people going by or. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of people. Yeah. So I actually wasn't afraid for my safety. It was like a drug dealer guy. Like he was just one of the guys that like, well, this sounds like such a scary story, but it's like really was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to. Get the, yeah. yeah, get the whole picture. There's people walking by. And actually, eventually, what happened was another kind of crazy guy who just wanted to talk. You know, everyone everyone here, just everyone in the world just wants to be seen, heard, and, and held. And and so these two kind of crazy guys got to just talk to each other. It was great. And they like kind of took care of themselves. But I was like, I'm not here. I am not here to do that for everybody, right? But I feel that I, can ha- I have the capacity for it. Mm-hmm. In some ways, but that doesn't mean I need to use the capacity. Yeah. So that's what I'm learning. That's a big thing I'm learning is like who I open my energy to is really important. And I can become easily drained when I'm open to draining experiences. But what I will say is oftentimes like with that, he had the choice to either respect my boundaries or like I wouldn't, I just kind of closed off to him completely, you know? Um, so I really try to be clear about where those points are if I am contracting in a, in a, in an interaction, I guess. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of, no, it does. Yeah. I think there's a lot in there that we could, um, mine, mine. Yeah. I think that the idea of like, just because you can, just because you're good at something and like you have aptitude, like, yeah, a, a lot of people, I think you're probably one of, one of the best <laughs> you know uh, as far as it just um opening up to to people and if someone like if someone approaches you being able to talk to most people in a really good deep authentic way like i think that that's a huge huge skill of yours um but you don't always have to use it for everyone in someone like who's coming up to you creepily on the street like definitely not no definitely yes, not but yeah. it's sometimes it feels like um yeah, I could see how I could see how you'd feel like that would be almost your default mode, and you'd have to like ter- flip it off. Almost, I do. Yeah. Yes, I definitely do. And so that's a big thing. I remember when I was in Thailand and I was talking to a new friend, and we were at this like ecstatic dance experience, and I had been, I was like, 
kind of it was a it was a romantic interest sort of but we were just we were just becoming closer friends anyways Mm -hmm. me and this guy and then someone else came that we knew and I got into like a 15 minute conversation with them even though I was like having I don't know if we were maybe we were on a date and he was like do you realize you don't need to talk to everybody I was like oh good point I was like yeah like and it wasn't it wasn't like he was annoyed he was like it's fine if you wanted to but like he could tell I didn't really want to right right. I was like oh yeah like that made me really look at that like because if I don't really want like following your desire is so and you're I'll say my following my desire is so important um and if I'm not actually wanting to be in the conversation that I'm in, it's not going to be as good for anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it's self-abusive to put yourself in in situations that you don't actually want to be in for some like virtuous reason of like, oh, but I'm holding space for this person. It's like, no, don't. Yeah. There needs to be an equal energy exchange. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And also even just not only like that you don't want to be in, but that you just don't want to be in as much as another opportunity that's right next to you. You know, like if something is a, like, say you, you're presented with a conversation opportunity, five of 10, <laughs> silly yes. way of putting yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. versus like, like there's someone problem. next to you, um, yeah. who like, like this person you were going on a date with who would be like nine of 10 yes. and yet you are spending a significant amount of time talking to this like five of mm-hmm. 10 conversation situation, yeah. you know, where, and, and that's probably where he was like, Hey, uh, can we talk? Right. You know, like what, you know, and, and I get that. Um, yeah. I and know. worst of all, not worst of all, but for me, another big area, like my, my temptation often lies in the question mark out of 10 where I don't know oh, yeah. what yeah. the opportunity holds. And so it's, it's kind of opportunistic. Mm-hmm to not be present with the person that I'm with. So I, I, it really is being more decisive about who I open my energy to. And if I'm open to, there's a certain, there's a certain state that I can be in where I am open to anything. It is truly choose your own adventure and see what happens next. Mm -hmm. So my lesson has been about staying with my adventure and writing it out to what happens next because it's very easy to do the brush it under the rug i'm gonna go start a new adventure yeah, yeah. I, like, c- I know i can always start a new adventure did you ever use the app stumble upon oh my gosh right yes. it's like oh, stumble upon i am i am a stumble upon <laughs> i am stumble <laughs> my life actually feels like a stumble upon app i was okay. actually thinking about that when you said that your travels were like you didn't know if you were going to stay three days or three months and I was thinking, you know, a lot of these places you probably could have stayed your whole life. Honestly, you that's know? how and, I truly feel. Like that you just explored like down a certain amount. Yeah. And you could have just kept digging all the way to China, but you you didn't. I not, dug all the way to you, Bali. Not just you kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, it's but true. It would have yeah. been interesting. I mean, like you really could have had whole, you know, whole lives. Yeah. You know, it's just interesting. Well, and I did. I mean, like that's how we feel. I feel like I could go back and like there are these like so many paths that I could just decide to ignite. Like I can really see myself going and living for six months in, in Thailand or Bali or the Netherlands or even Iceland. Like I could, I don't know. It's a little cold, but for that long, (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, like, and with the relationships that I formed, it was like, yeah, it's almost, 
it was kind of traumatic leaving a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Some have traveled with me. Like it's, I don't know if I told you about how I was, um, I met Joshua in Bali, who is the man that I dated for a little while for a couple months and now we're good friends. Um, but we met when we were in Bali and then we moved to the Netherlands together where I had already been and kind of had established, like this was part of the fun adventure of it was like, he really wanted to go to the Netherlands for the first time. And I had just been over Christmas, like literally a year ago yeah, from now. Yeah. And I like loved it there. And that was one of the places I was like, I could live here. I could live here. I love these people. I love this city, these, the city, there's, it's a country, but I loved the cities I'd been in, in the country uh-huh. and I could really, yeah. So it was interesting because his wanting to go there and my feeling like that, I was like, okay, great. Let's move back there. And that was part of the adventure that was like deepening. Mm-hmm. Right. So that felt to me like, okay, this is the right next, the next right step. You know, it's all, we're all just doing the next right action of our, the adventure of our lives. And when we, and then what's also funny, so we moved there together and then he's also from Red Redlands, California, which is two hours away from my hometown hmm. we grew up two hours yeah, away from yeah. each other so now like i'm gonna see actually right now he just flew to seattle where i was before and he's getting my car and driving it down to la and oh nice yeah he's going on a <clears throat> the reverse of the road trip i just took <laughs> and we also went to burning man together which is so great like so he's like an example of this like he's become part of my my through line right or like that you know as a fi- he's not in my real he's not a romantic relationship anymore, but it's like, mm-hmm. he's still a fixture in my life or has like become, you know, uh, yeah, woven into my story and, and like learning to cultivate that kind of intimacy is something that is new to me of like, it's much easier for me to connect with strangers than it is for me to deepen a relationship with someone that I've known for a long time. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I think part of that's you are who you are now to the stranger and you don't have this history to justify and like this continuity that you have to somehow make, make sense Mm -hmm. between who you were and who you are and Mm -hmm. who you are now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like with your, you know, old friends or parents or like that's, I find myself having to justify the most to like old friends as far as like, you know, like things that you're, doing now it just you you sort of like yes you're closer to them in a way but you're also like you have to sort of you don't have to but i feel this pressure to Mm -hmm. like make it all make sense as far as like one nice tidy little story totally i used to have this colleague who would always explain his whole story from like you know he was like 50 or so but he had like he'd always explain like from his like he met a new client and it was agonizing because I'd hear his phone calls like, you know, from, you know, like over at his desk Mm -hmm. and he would talk about like, all right, well, I graduated and I, you know, was in, you know, computer science and then I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And it was like, no, you don't have to explain your last like 30 years to this person. Your presence is enough. (laughs) enough. Yeah. I always felt like, why is this? It's a whole different, yeah. You know, anyway, um, Right, Sometimes people I who are like very attached. In the same way mm-hmm. to myself, it's like, oh yeah, well, what have you been doing for the last, you know, eight years? Oh well, I did this, which led me to this, which, you know, but it's kind of like, oh, I've been, you know, like I've been doing this. And that attitude, like, so that this actually is that same concept of your presence is enough. Yeah, it's actually trusting in just who you are right now. You don't need to justify. You don't need to be like, oh well, 
the reason that I'm like this or the reason I'm good at this. It's like you get to just rest in security knowing that who you are right now in the present moment is enough. If you're meeting someone new, if you're talking to someone who has known you your entire life Mm -hmm. and you decide that you're brand new right now, you can. You can decide that you're brand new at any moment. And you can also, it doesn't mean you have to, um, it doesn't mean you have to like demonize or reject the stories of your past, but you can just trust that they'll be folded in when they're necessary. And there's this ease. Like that's what I really mean by your presence is actually my friend tall. When I was in Bali, he, he said that to me, like he's a, he's a mentor for people. Um, and he was talking about that as being a lesson he was learning is that, just to kind of relax and not have this chatter of like all the things you have to do in order to be of service to somebody. Cause actually being present with someone is the greatest gift you can give to anybody. And it's not so much about thinking of what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. It's about letting yourself simply be and that that is just exponentially more valuable than anything you could try to do. Yeah. Uh, what I was thinking when you said that was that one of the best or like compliments someone once gave me that really stuck with me, uh, which I might give to you now. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not to build it up or anything. Which I might. Um, so you're like dangling in front of my head like, I might. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> is It was, Phil, I always feel better after I talk to you. Oh, that's and so I was nice. Like, wow. And it wasn't even like a situ- situation where it, that was called for, like where it was a, it wasn't like a situation where they came in crying or anything. We think we were talking about their business, you know, and it was just kind of like, ah, oh, here are some problems I'm having, you know, and then it was just a really genuinely said, like, I always feel better when I talk to you. And I didn't really think of any, I didn't think much of it after they said it, but then I always remember, and I didn't even know them very well, but I always kind of come back to that and think about it. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we have these certain couple of things that people sometimes say, you know, have said to us that really stick with you. And that was yeah. one of them. And I when I, I always do feel better after I talk to you. And when you <laughs> said like your presence is the most important gift you can give to someone. Um, at first I kind of think, well, you know, and then I was thinking about it a little bit more and I thought, well, it must be important because that's one of the things that I really valued that she, you know, like the, uh, uh, when she gave me that sort of compliment, I was like, it's, that's been like 15 years now wow. and it's still kind of stuck with me. So, yeah. And that was probably a situation where you weren't trying to make her feel better. I don't know what I was trying to do. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, you weren't trying. I barely remember the situation except for, you know, what, what she said and that it felt really genuine and like mm-hmm. I, she, she really, she wasn't just saying it, you know, that it mm-hmm. felt like. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so great. I do remember a little bit about it, but it's really boring. Like it's really, the, well, exactly. Like <laughs> it's actual, probably, yeah. It was, she has like a, like a, I think it was like a packing supply company to like, you know, those little packages that you put like uh-huh. something in that are really tough to open. Yeah. That was like her company. Yeah. And she was just like looking <laughs> for more like suppliers for a certain. Th- and right. I was just, 
I didn't know anything. I was just talking to her. Yeah, you were just being present with her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. It's Oh, that's... Thank you for that transitive compliment. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> you gave it to me. <laughs> no, 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 but, but I, I, I was... Hmm. I was thinking about that the other day and and you and like that someone anyway someone was saying that I heard I heard someone described as quote a good talker a good talker <laughs> and I just thought that was funny it's like you know Katie she's one of those good talkers I'm a good talker oh god yeah I talk a lot <laughs> but I would like to think I'm a good listener too hopefully I don't know it's both a good talker i think it's both i think they're because it's a, yeah, if you're a just talker. a good talker i guess that means like you don't get as more of like a if you're like a politician up on like the, you know like this up on the stump you know like give, i guess stump. i guess I they could be stump right now. you are on the stump no one can they could be a good talker without being a good listener i suppose yeah uh but i think that okay i take it back you're you're a good conversationalist yeah. But it's not really, that's not what I'm trying to say. I think it's true, but it's not what I'm trying to You're say. You're just saying you like talking to me. I like talking to you. That's nice. Yep. Thank you. I like talking to you too. That's why I had you here on this podcast, which has been <laughs> only me for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so much more fun than recording a birthday episode by myself. This feels like yeah. a birthday party. This yeah. feels like a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. I always enjoy, you know, you're somebody who is... Like I enjoy diving into the depths of my soul with you because it's not scary. And actually I think this is what people like, why people like doing this with me. Oh gosh. There's an Amber alert in the Bronx. Why are you the only one getting that message? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Steve jobs. What is how he's, (laughs) he's not here, but Siri, what's going on? Tell me when stuff is wrong. I guess you can't even silence the Amber alerts. (laughs) Well, <laughs> that's the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just here to, like, I'm sure a lot of people have Googled that. Like, I just want to see all the people who are just like, how do I stop these like <laughs> child molesters from <laughs> bothering my podcasts? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. I was going to say something really nice to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like diving into the depths of my soul with you. And I think that people feel comfortable doing that with me. But it's because we both are very light about it. There's a lightness to be shined on. You know, like there's it's it feels safe because it's like we're not going to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's really important to experience like your entire range of human emotion. Um, But. Yeah, you kind of have an automatic. You, you're you're a lemonade maker too. Okay, all right. I'm trying yeah, to say yeah, you I'll make a lot it. of lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever read that um, "Wait But Why" article about exploring like the depths of your soul? And but he he had the analogy, the metaphor. Sorry, of digging into your like cleaning your house. That's an al- analogy. An analogy. Okay. Well, because you said like cleaning uh, your house. Okay, sorry. I'm just saying. Okay. okay oh, but like life cleaning. is a house which <laughs> you must clean. <laughs> I'm just just but you then he was it. talking about like going into the attic and like how everything's all like some stuff you don't go into very often. It's all like dusty, and you're like, there's some stuff that you put there a long time ago, and you yeah. either should clean out, and some stuff's really valuable that's up there in the attic. And it was a really cool one. I was like, oh, this I is good stuff. That. Yeah. Um, and he had illustrations and. Yes. Anyway, I love that. I think so you should much. take a look at it if you have. I definitely think I should. That's kind of how I see myself as like the Marie Kondo of 
people's feelings. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like let's do the life-changing magic of tidying up your brain <laughs> and your heart. <laughs> and, um, does this spark joy? Does this spark joy? <laughs> what does it spark? <laughs> so this, yeah. Uh, Should we do one more? Do we have time for one more? Do we have time no. for one more? It's It's been a while. We've Oh my gosh, 56 no. minutes. Do we just well, punctuate it with... We could do one more. What was your favorite one? Yeah, let's... Why not? What time it's... We're going to work soon. Oh, yeah, very soon. I'm not going to be able to post this before work. That's okay. It's it's okay. Thank you. What are you trying to say? I'm enough or something? I don't need to share my birthday podcast with the world immediately. Okay, what's another good one? God, I'm going to have to listen to this and edit out the silence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's talk about being a big baby. Oh, I like this one. This is a good way to end. Birthday. It's my birthday, and I want to be <laughs> a big baby birthday girl. I think I've come to value the quality that I have of being a big baby, which means I let myself cry easily and I let myself laugh easily. And that's what babies do. Like, if you notice, kids things happen to them and they just react and emote and move on. And that's, it's amazing because they allow the energy of the moment to move through them so rapidly and with such intensity too, you know, it's like, um, it's amazing. But yeah, so that's crying easily or, or crying was always something I would try to hide or not do as often like, Oh God, I don't want to cry. It was like, I would, I could feel myself like, even when I get vulnerable, I still have this initial impulse to hide it. And the best thing I can do for myself is to let myself fully feel it and let it out. And when I'm around people who I feel safe enough to do that with, which are a lot of people, like I really, really weed out the ones I don't feel safe around (laughs) as we talked about before. Um, it's like, it's incredibly healing and it means that we don't letting yourself cry when you want to cry. It means you're not storing um, stuck energy in your body as trauma. Like we basically are re-traumatizing ourselves every time we don't let our feelings out. Um, and the same thing with our joy. Like when we're tamping down our joy, like, oh my gosh, I love you. Oh, I, I, I just tell people that I love them when I love them. And there's so much freedom in that. You know, I, it's like, I think I would always hold back my love in this like kind of constipated way where I was like, oh, I'm going to be too much for people. I'm mm-hmm. going to be too much for them. And that's none of my business, whether I'm too much for them. And if I am, it's not about me. It's about them. So I feel like this like crusty old sailor right now. Do you want to talk to potential spam? No, definitely not. I never get pot- potential spam. Okay. That's so fun. That's here. You knew who that was. Um. So, yeah, I feel like. A crusty old sailor. Like a crusty old sailor as like a man who doesn't cry very often. And it's not that, well, it's probably a mix of things. Like it's probably that I feel some pressure against it, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I can't, I don't really feel it. um, I don't feel it like right now. Like I feel like I could cry and walk out of this room and be like, you know, like, not that this is a challenge, but that um, make me cry. Make me cry. <laughs> that really should be the name of your podcast. Honestly, I well, it it has happened many times on the podcast. Yeah, people have cried. I mean, and I'm like, 
that's a that's a win that's a good one you should put it in the show notes like crying episode (laughs) yeah when when it is yeah 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 but Mm. i do feel like like men tend not to cry as much i so like i i think that I, I read a really interesting article about someone who had done a sex change and they'd done the, the hormone therapy and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the sort of the, the, the differences and how interesting that was for them and how it made them sort of understand people in their lives a little bit more based on, uh, I think it was, uh, um, that, that, that they were becoming themselves as a man, uh, and that they were saying like it, that they felt like they were, I think, they were like describing that when they were uh, as a woman, they were like, it was like they were riding a motorcycle or something and they could like feel the, the wind, you know, mm. kind of like brushing through their, their hair and cheek and everything. And then when they were a man, they were in this like big SUV and like, it's the same experience of driving mm. sort of, but that you have a different, you know, like if the, if the, you know, if the windows are a little bit dirty and you're mm. kind of like looking through, but you're also in this like big thing and, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to, you know, to be you, but at the same time, like I can cry in that SUV, like, you know, but Mm. it's just a little bit less, um, it might be, my assumption is that it's, it's just, it's a different kind of character of experience and that it takes more to get that SUV crying. But when it does, you're sort Mm. of like even crying, (laughs) do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how that, I don't know how the, the, um, the metaphor holds up with when it comes to like joy and emotions like that. But it does seem as if there's something to like, I've definitely seen my mom cry more than my dad cry. And it's not, I don't know that, or my sister more than my brother. And I don't know if that's just the socialization of, of how, you know, men and women are. I think there's some of that, but Mm -hmm. I think there might be some, um, you know, like how much should I encourage myself to cry is my question to you. Because I think it is good, yeah. but I don't know that like... It, and it's not going to happen from that. So this is the way you're talking about it right now is from a very, and I'm going to use these words masculine and feminine, but it's uh-huh. not about men and women and it's not, they're very, they're gendered words. So I'm hesitant to use them. I know, them, I'm, but it's, it's yeah. fraught. I didn't really want to get into this, but... No, but it's, but it, but, but it, <laughs> but like, no, but we all, but so like, I'm just like prefacing it with that we all have aspects of masculine and feminine energy within us. So just because somebody identifies as a man doesn't mean that they only have masculine energy and someone who identifies as a, as a woman doesn't necessarily just have feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have both, but there's just more of one or the other. And there's some people who identify as men who have more feminine energy than masculine energy and, and vice versa. So instead of talking about men and women, we can just talk about masculine and feminine energy. And you have a lot of masculine energy, which is that SUV energy. And so it's like, that but you also have the feminine you also can feel like you're on a motorcycle sometimes don't you can you do you I, yes oh, oh, i know i do but also i i sort of feel like we if we go too far down this uh suv motorcycle lane uh-huh. then i'm a little worried that we're gonna say that there's like no masculine sadness or joy and that those qualities are inherently feminine which i don't think they are i just think the it's like the color of the experience may be different, but not the experience that like the, I'm trying to say like, it's like an Instagram filter is sort of like what the, that it's the same. Right. Do you know? Well, that's why I'm saying when I say masculine and feminine, the SUV is not men. It's just masculinity. And the, and the motorcycle is not women. It's just femininity 
Does that make sense? So it's yes. the feminine essence is mm-hmm. the is the motorcycle, and the masculine essence is the SUV. Mm-hmm. I have my own SUV that I get into sometimes. Um, and you have a motorcycle you ride sometimes, or if you're in. But I guess yeah, if you're you're mostly in an SUV, and so it's up to you when you want to roll the window down and feel the wind in your hair, and feel what it feels like, mm-hmm. and tuning into your body in a different way where you're not the container around it, but you're allowing yourself to be what inhabits the container is kind of the different or Mm -hmm. the, and so for me, just my talking about my own experience, um, letting myself be a big baby means so feeling, allowing ourselves to feel and experience the world through sensation is a feminine experience like that. That's what we call, um, uh, Yeah, it's part of femininity. And like, I guess this year actually has been a huge, um, that's been a huge learning point for me is, is embracing my, I, it's not just my identity, but my, the quality of my experience as a woman and as that, and having that feminine aspect of myself, because traditionally I've tried to be like a man, especially when I'm around men, I get competitive and I get, and it's not Mm -hmm. natural to me. It's not as natural as like, Oh, I get to just be in your, like, it's such a relief to be doing this podcast with you, honestly, because you're holding this beautiful container where I get to just emote and feel, and I don't have to be in the headspace of the SUV. You are the SUV that we're driving in (laughs) and I get to be the kid crying in the back, but I'm not (laughs) crying. I just could if I wanted to. And (laughs) it's, and so it's, it it really calms my my nervous system to be around somebody who has really strong masculine presence because it means oh, that part of me can relax a little bit. Hmm, that's and, interesting. Yeah. Um, and and that was a big, it was so funny. Like I had a, I was doing a tantra experience. They're big on masculine and feminine energy, which mm-hmm. is, it's a bit heteronormative, I would say. So that, um, but I went to a transfixiation ritual. Trans, I'm saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, before we did this thing, it was basically eye gazing, like, a man and a woman got paired to eye gaze for about five minutes and then you would switch to someone new and you right. were just looking into their, just looking at someone like we're, like we're doing now, yeah. but no talking. And, um, but beforehand we had a meeting with all of the women and we were asked to turn to a woman and uh, the woman next to us and tell her what it f- meant, but being a woman meant to you. And I had never thought about it until that moment. And I realized how many ways I was, suppressing my own that that like maternal even that like nurturing part of me that feeling expressive um sensing part of me I was really just like dismissing I was being really dismissive of my own femininity which is actually this whole (laughs) like that's the that's what you know toxic masculinity and femininity is is when we're not allowing those aspects of ourselves to be fully expressed mm-hmm. it's no one's fault it's not about men being bad it's not about women being bad it's about just it's whatever there's a lot when we talk about that a lot like be a man that kind of like the, we we sort of like society sort of knows what like being a man in and it is sort of a, a kind of a toxic way but um 
but we don't talk about that so much like, yeah, well, be a good woman, like be a woman, you know, like that's not as built in. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Or like, but so that's, so this is, we have to leave because I have to leave Um, (laughs) to go to work in five minutes. I just realized what time it was. So I'm going to, we're going to end on a kind of unfortunately frantic note, but I do need to say this because um, being, you're so right. Okay. So like it's, um, (laughs) there's all of this like being and also being masculine being really being embracing your masculinity rather than being like oh god my masculinity is going to get in the way of other people's freedoms it's like embracing your femininity doesn't mean like feminism has actually been quite a masculine um meaning okay so the energy with which feminism in historically has been um embodied i guess is like we're trying to be men we can be men too we can do the same things as men instead of let's celebrate the feminine essence which is more of this like experiential like we're 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 different than men we're not doers we're beers and it's not that all women are this and all men are this you know i I Mm -hmm. really am we're really ending on a hot topic but we have to end okay because i have to go well happy birthday oh my god thank you so much (laughs) Do we I have to end it on something that's not masculinity? <laughs> femininity. <laughs> I hope we can do this again sometime. I hope so too. Yeah. This was really lovely. And if not, one year from today. One year from today, we'll be here. Oh, definitely. Thank you for this opportunity to reflect on my year in a really thoughtful way. You're welcome. And for holding space for me. Yeah, like the, this was fun. Like the amazing SUV that you are. Okay, well, we're, well we're, we've arrived at, uh, you at your work. Can you cry? Oh, yeah, we've arrived at my work. Can you please just cry for me? <laughs> it would make my day. I will. You kind of teared up at a certain point. I, yeah, I was. I was getting there. You were in your heart. I know. I was I'm rolling sorry, down the Philip. window. You were rolling it down. <laughs> I could feel you feeling things. Um, all right. Well, tune in next time when Philip cries. Okay. I'm gonna edit this part out, but maybe I won't. All right. All right. Goodbye. Phil and Katie, out. Out.